0: Everyone, welcome back to. But what will people say? I'm your host Disha Mazeppa, and this is a podcast about South Asian interracial relationships and so much more. Okay, so this week's guest is one of my best friends, Jocelyn, and we're here to kind of follow up on an episode I did a few weeks ago. It was a solo episode called "Create Your Own Opportunities," and in that episode, I told you guys to be a little more entitled, and by that, I meant having a little more self-worth and expecting more from the people and the world around you and going after the things that you want. So with this episode, I always say when it comes to dating, I kind of dated like a white girl because most of my closest friends are not South Asian, but that also meant that when it came to dating and relationships, I did it shamelessly. I didn't carry any of the uncomfortable awkwardness that I find that a lot of of South Asian women do where they feel like they're gonna be judged for their choices or they feel like people are going to criticize them or that maybe they're being too demanding, except when all your friends aren't brown and they tell you the world is your oyster, it's really easy to go out there and date with a little more self-worth and a lot more confidence because whether you are out there having a one-night stand or just making out with people or having a serious relationship or maybe ending a relationship that everyone thought you should have stayed in, Our friends, my friends, have never judged me. We've never judged each other. And I hope all of you have a group of friends that hypes you up and makes you feel like a bad bitch because you all absolutely deserve it. And we're here as your hype girl podcast this week to remind you that you deserve everything, that you don't have to settle, that you should go after what you want. Because guess what? Most of you tuning in this week and most weeks are South Asian women. A lot of you are millennials. That's like the only info I have on my demographic. But the biggest part is you all bring so much to the table. You're educated, you have careers, you're independent. You don't need a guy for literally anything. So when you decide to go out in the world and date, you're doing it because you want to, not because you need to. This scarcity mindset that our culture has put in us that we have to be good enough for a guy or we have to measure up to what his expectations are, or that the guy chooses the girl is utter bullshit. You choose, okay? You choose the guy. And if he doesn't bring anything to the table, you get up and you walk away. You will find what you're looking for. You want a partner who sees you as your equal, who lets you shine, who lets you be your best self, and who doesn't try to bring you down with them. So this week's episode, me and my best friend Jocelyn are here to hype you up, to tell you that you deserve everything, and to encourage you to date like a white girl. Here we go. All right. Oh, yes, we're recording. Hello, everybody. We're here with Jocelyn.
1: Hi, Jocelyn. Hi,
0: Disha. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Welcome to my basement. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for joining me down here. It's a very nice basement. <laughs> yes, Anna's here too. She's having a great time taking a nap. But you're here because I think I owe a lot of my dating history, but also confidence in dating to like my white girlfriends. Even though, like, <laughs> I feel like none of you guys are like actually white, but like white passing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um. And so I was like, you know what, maybe we just need to have some of you guys on to hype the rest of the girls up. I'm here for it. We're here for that kind of energy. That's what we're here for. This is the Hype Girl podcast. If you needed someone to tell you hot (laughs) shit. You are hot. Very hot. Keep on getting it, girl. But yes, so that's why you're here. So tell us about your dating life.
1: Yeah. So I'm 28 years old. Uh, which means I'm out there dating. I'm newly divorced, which also adds a fun little spin to it. Um, right now I'm doing a lot of meeting people, exploring what's out there, seeing what I'm interested in myself. And I think there's something to be said for women knowing what they want out of life and out of dating especially. Um, so I think that's a big piece of what I'm playing with right now is figuring out what I want and what I want out of a partner.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we were talking about this before, but we were talking about how, like, if we were dating now, well, like, you are, but yeah. I'm not. But, like, as we've gotten older, we both, like, we have careers and we have jobs and we're, like, fairly independent in that, yeah. like, we're not dating to get something out of a guy in the yeah. sense that, like, I don't need to be in a relationship. And I think that's, like, a big thing, right? Like, yeah, when you're free of not needing someone... But it also makes dating complicated because I feel like a lot of girls, especially like when we were younger, right? You almost felt like you wanted a guy to want you, right? Like it made you feel better about yourself if you knew a guy wanted to date you. Yeah. But now we just don't give a shit.
1: Yeah. And so one of the things we were talking about earlier was there's this research article and I can't tell you where I saw it, but it was something that as women's IQs go up, they're least likely to be in a long term relationship or less likely to be in a long term relationship. However, in comparison to their male counterparts, as men's IQs go up, they're more likely to be in a relationship. And I think that kind of says something that as we know what we want and we're more independent and more self-sufficient, it can be harder to find a partner. um, And that's something that at least for me, I'm kind of sitting here with in that, like, what do I want out of somebody? Because I feel like I don't need a man.
0: Yeah. Like, you're financially independent. You
1: have a career. You have your own house. Like, your pets. Like, you're living your best life. Yeah. And and so the other thing, Deisha and I are both occupational therapists. The other thing that I think about a lot when it comes to dating is my occupational engagement and how I fill my time. I have my... Days and my weeks filled already. In that I'm not sitting around on a Friday night hoping that somebody's going to want to take me out on a date. I have things planned with my girlfriends. I'm out doing this. I'm spending time with my niece. Um, so the way that you fill your time can also ha- affect how you date. And at least for me, that's been something that I definitely think about too. In that if I don't need a man to go on vacation with because I'm going to go away with my girlfriends. Well, that can add a level to it.
0: Yeah, because now suddenly the bar is higher, right? Now it's not you just need to be somebody who's there. You have to add something of value to my life that yeah. that isn't already there, right? Or at least make what's something that is there better.
1: Yeah, but I think the big thing that we were talking about that's important is just that women need to know that we're self-sufficient and amazing and wonderful and whole as we are without needing to add that man in. You know, to be full on your own as opposed to needing somebody to complete you, I guess. Yeah. But then that also makes
0: things harder, right? It does. Because I feel like... Yeah. I always say this about Mike, right? Like, the one thing about Mike that always stood out was he was smarter than me. And I've never, never dated a guy who was smarter than me. Yeah. And I locked that shit down. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you married him. <laughs> yeah. Here I am. But, you know, but because I feel like guys have to feel... It's like an ego thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. And when
0: they don't feel like you need them for something, right? Like we have everything we need to make us feel whole. Like some guys just can't handle it. A lot of guys can't handle it.
1: Yeah. And I feel like it's also confusing for the woman too, though. Because when you talk about typical gender roles, a typical gender role is this male protector, provider, you know, that kind of big male Figure and then this demure, quiet, passive woman. Like that's kind of how your typical gender roles look. Yeah. And so now when you have this full bodied, full personed woman, I don't know how to say that, full personed woman, but you know, women in our strength, who we are, then how does that allow a man to fill that role? You know, I Mm -hmm. think that, and I definitely see how that becomes a challenge, but I think. The women, then I put that on the women and that you not need to decide what you want out of a man, you know. So part of the discussion we were having earlier is, yes, I want a man who's going to challenge me, who's going to make me strive to be better because everybody should want to be better. But then I also want somebody who can just appreciate me for who I am. Like, I know I'm a boss ass bitch. Like, I know I'm a catch. So I want somebody who both can appreciate me and who I am and not try to change me while also... Pushing me to be better, and I feel like that's a tough place to be in.
0: Yeah, and we were—we also mentioned like a guy that can let you shine, and kind of take a step back and be like, "Yeah, that's my girl, and she's killing it." Yeah, and like I know a lot of women nowadays do make more money than their boyfriends or their husbands. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you, but there was a point where Mike and I had started dating, and. I was making more money than him because he was kind of figuring out his life. And I didn't care. I loved it. I was like, yo, I'm a baller. I mean, I would. I bought him tickets to shows in the city, hotel rooms, like long weekends away. I loved it. It was so fun. And like over time, things have balanced out a bit more. But Mike never felt threatened by that.
1: Yeah. But some guys really do. Yeah. And so for the men who are listening to this right now. I'm going to say, find you a rich wife, find you a rich girlfriend. Yeah. Cause seriously. why not? I mean, I think that's one of, I would say the perks of dating me is that guess what? If we want to go away for a week in Europe, I can pay for it. I don't need you to even trip it, chip in for your hotel room or buy us dinners. Like I can do that. Yes. I just want a partner who's going to be there with me and be there for the ride and also let you shine though. Again, like we talk about that, letting you shine. Like don't be embarrassed about that because there are people out there who want, Who want that in a partner, I guess. Right.
0: They want you to be your best possible self and, like, truly mean it. Not, like, be the best possible self, but I'm still, like, the alpha or whatever that need is. Because even, like, Michael has brought it up where he's like, I'm a dude. Like, I have to feel like a provider. Like, I have to feel like I'm the one taking care of the family. Mm -hmm. And I respect that. Like, that's totally fine. But that doesn't mean Michael has ever stopped me or slowed me down from doing the things I want to do. It's not Where he was ever like, you need to put your career on hold if we have kids. Or you need to quit your job. Instead, he supports everything that I do. And he's like, keep crushing it. And I'm going to keep up with my career.
1: Yeah. But that's where I would say that we even... I would really love to be with somebody who can look at me and say, Hey, if you end up being the breadwinner and you're the provider, then if I need to stay home because that's what works for our family, I'm okay with that. Absolutely. And I think that's where, for me at least, that's what I really want to get to in a partner, I guess.
0: Yeah. Or at least I consider that like he's a guy and these are what his needs are. And between me and Michael, like that's totally fine. Yeah. You know, and ultimately he's like, listen. I have no problem with you making more money than I do. Like, that's totally cool. Like, but Michael also has so many things that he does that I don't think we would ever hit a point where he would stop doing. Because, yeah. like, when we're talking about gender roles, like, he is usually the one cooking and cleaning around the house, too, as much that's as. That's hot. <laughs> I mean, listen, I love coming home to a guy, like, cleaning up his car and, like, fixing <laughs> things and, like, covered it in dirt with a wrench in his hand. I'm like, sign me up. So it's like, to me, maybe I'm a little cliche and I'm a little stereotypical, but I appreciate that in him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that he doesn't really have the masculinity issues that go. He's not compensating for anything.
1: Yeah. He just is who he is. Yes. And I guess that goes
0: back to not changing people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think so in as I've talked about this, like post-divorce life, I've had to do a lot of soul searching, I would say, on what I'm seeking out in a partner. Um, Because certain things that I used to think mattered to me, turns out they don't. So I used to, in my head, have this idea that I wouldn't date somebody unless they had like at least a bachelor's, probably a master's. Now that I have my doctorate, maybe I want somebody with a doctorate. But what's actually at the root of that stuff is I want somebody who's hardworking. And me, and in the way I grew up, hard working meant you had multiple college degrees but that was the way i grew up now i realize you can have 10 different college degrees and be a lazy you know what but i want somebody who's going to be hard working so i think yeah. also when you're talking about women dating and especially again you're the demographic of your podcast we're looking at a lot of people who maybe don't have typical dating experiences um yeah i it, mean
0: we're not raised in a dating culture so a yeah. lot of us weren't raised to even think about dating until unless it was for marriage right yeah and I feel like until I got to college even that thought never occurred to me that I could just date someone without thinking about marrying them yeah that you could have different intentions that it could maybe just be a casual fling maybe you guys are just hooking up on the side maybe you're just dating but you are not thinking about the future yeah maybe you're just playing the field to find out what you want But even when I was in high school, that was the idea where it was like, if you date someone, you have to think about what if you marry them?
1: Yeah. And I think that's a I think that can be really hard for young women to hear, though. Yeah. And I'm going to I am all about female empowerment. So I'm going to talk specifically about how that can impact women. But to me, I feel like that can really impact women because I think there's such a taboo on women asserting what they want, Mm -hmm. period. Everywhere, across the board. In all cultures, not just in your culture. Yeah. But I think when you're talking specifically about like dating is only for the purpose of dating to marry, that can be really harmful because then there's all these other things that you might not experience, all these other, uh, other things you don't think about.
0: Uh huh. And then there's also a lot of like shame that comes with it. So then yeah. it starts impacting the way you function in a relationship. Yeah. Because what if you're, you just have like a fuck buddy on the side, right? You're in grad yeah. school. Life is busy. I don't have time to date,
1: but we all have needs. Maybe you just have somebody
0: on the side for a good time when you need it.
1: Yeah. And And you did say this is explicit, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Girls, you got to get laid if you got to get laid. It is what it is. Do
0: what you got to (laughs) do. Get your sex toys. Buy that vibrator.
1: Mm -hmm. Find you a boothang on the side. But so if you've never had somebody tell you this, and this is me talking directly to the listeners. um, I think the biggest thing when you're talking about unconventional relationship. So not a boyfriend-girlfriend relationship progressing towards marriage, progressing towards something, but anything in between, you just got to know somebody and you're about to get married. I mean, all that in between stuff, I think the most important piece that I have found is clear expectations and boundaries. Um, it's okay if you're just sleeping with somebody. It's okay if you're sleeping with five different people. But I think the importance there is that you're setting clear expectations and boundaries with whoever you're involved in whatever relationship you're involved with. Um, So like if you're going to be dating five different people at a time, don't make comments that would lead a person to believe you're exclusive or don't say things that you're not willing to commit to do you know what i yeah, mean yeah
0: exactly and like be open so what a relationship could be and mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be defined by like a boyfriend girlfriend thing yeah if that's what you want that's okay but if you're like i don't know when we were in, our, in college it was just like
1: I don't know. Yeah. We're just playing the field. Well, and even now, I'm almost, I mean, I say almost 30. I'm 28. I'm definitely at the age where a lot of people are dating to marry. Um, Yeah. So even though I'm not, it's not like it's my first rodeo, but that's still what a lot of people in my age group are looking at right now. And what I found has been really helpful is to let people know, like, I have no freaking clue what I want. I have no idea what I want. I'm fresh out, divorced. Do I eventually want to get married again? Absolutely. But am I ready to be in a long-term committed relationship tomorrow? Probably not. But I'm also open to it. So I have to tell people, yes, I'm looking to have fun and be casual, but I'm also not looking to be involved with somebody that couldn't eventually be something more serious. You know, there are some people who are like adamantly anti-relationship. And that's fine if that works for you. But I'm not adamantly anti it. So that's where I think but again, it's going to take some time, yeah, and that's yeah. where I think those clear conversations can work. um, yeah,
0: but it's hard to figure out what you want if you don't date, yeah. So if you're not date like raised in a dating culture, a lot of I feel like girls struggle to figure out what they want because they don't know what they want, yeah, right. other than what your parents told you that this man has to have, right? college yep. degree, certain salary, this job lives here, does that, mm-hmm. whatever. But it's like the things that really make a relationship work, you have no idea what that's like
1: yeah. if you've never dated. Yeah. And for me personally, what I've found in my life is that men can be good and men can be good enough. But there's some level of, I feel like part of my experience in dating has been learning that I don't want just good or okay or good enough or nice or sweet I want that extra piece. And maybe that makes it harder for me to date. But I feel like that also hopefully will mean that when I do find my long term partner, there'll be somebody that I'm going to be insanely happy with.
0: Yeah. And that's definitely not something we're raised with as brown girls. It's like you like you said, you want the person who checks the boxes. And if they check all the right boxes, you can make it work. Everything else is figure outable. And it's like yeah. no not like all, there are parts that are more nuanced and complicated. Yeah. That aren't figure outable based on like their degree and how much money they make. Yeah. Right? Like, how do they handle conflict? Are they possessive? Are they the jealous type? Mm-hmm. How do they handle gender roles and how do you want to handle them? Some people want much more solid clarity on this is what I do, this is what you do. Some people want 50 50. Some people need more yeah. fluidity, mm-hmm. you know? And then also, there's like the sex part, right? If you, yes. <laughs> if you don't date, how do we figure that out?
1: And I think sexual compatibility is something that it seems like based on our conversations is not discussed in your culture. And I think that yeah. there is, even if you're not talking about like crazy kinky people or people who are like absolutely vanilla, if you're talking in the realm of what is probably normal sexual behavior, um, it, I think there's a huge range. There are people who want to have their 7 p.m. Sunday night sexual Missionary encounter. Sex. Yeah,
0: Missionary with the lights off.
1: Yep. And they make love and they go to bed and, you know, take a shower after because we got to be clean. Like there are people <laughs> who want that. And then there's people who want to handcuff and throw them around and get crazy. And I would still consider that on the Pretty range average. Of normal. So yeah, it's pretty average. But I think that's something that you also need to talk about is what are you sexually interested in and looking for? And again, if you're not dating and if that's not something that your big sisters talk to you about or your we have like our friend group where we're all talking smack about people yeah, right. <laughs> in our dating lives. But if you don't have somebody that you can talk about that with, that can be really hard too because I don't know. Even even when you talk about how hard it is for women to orgasm. Sorry, yeah. I'm just dropping it. Like if you have never talked with other women about what that experience is like and what it how hard it can be for some women to orgasm. Like that's a part of relationship that doesn't get talked about either. Yeah, and
0: if you're brown, it's not even a priority, right? Like you're just you're the person who's there to make babies and that's that's your job. You're the mom. And so, like, it doesn't matter if you're happy in your sex life or if you're having an orgasm every single time or forget, like, sex toys and, like, masturbation. None of that is ever brought up. And it just gets complicated. Then you're, like, ashamed of everything. So you're scared to tell your friends because if all your friends are brown, you're probably raised where you're judging each other for you're hooking up with someone or you made out with a couple guys last night. You can't tell them. And then how do you now end up in a relationship? Now, how do you talk about it with someone that you're actually intimate with? And
1: then how do you become comfortable exploring that? Yeah. It gets complicated. Yeah, I can totally understand that. I mean, even we all took a, our friend group took a vacation even in in September of 2020, right, when things were opening up again. And um, one of the conversations, I remember us sitting over lunch talking about, (laughs) each girl like went around the table talking about, what can make them orgasm? And I know that's yeah. kind of a weird lunchtime conversation, eh, but not I, for think, us. <laughs> I know for some friend groups, but I think there's some freedom there that, you know, at least for me, it's nice to hear that other women aren't like, "Oh, you put it in me for thirty seconds." and i and I had this huge massive orgasm, like <laughs> not most women function that way. Yeah, but there's this expectation that you can. And I think if, If we as women and you as the listeners aren't comfortable having those conversations with anybody, how are you going to make sure that you're getting fulfilled in a relationship? Because you know what? like I feel like there should be no shame. I know women who can't orgasm from sex from a partner at all. And they'll have like a sexual encounter with someone. And if they're open enough with them, they'll be like, hey, I'm going to roll over and rub one out now. And the guy's like, cool, have fun. Can I watch?
0: Yeah. you need some sex toys? and you need a vibrator? Yeah. Need a t- what do you need? Can I play
1: with your titties while we're doing yeah, this? Sorry, I said titties. Tits.
0: <laughs> but yeah, like even until like we got our group together where we've yeah. become so open with each other. Like I had never explored the idea of sex toys and all of that. Didn't other, I buy like, you
1: your first vibrator?
0: Yes. Yes, we also have matching vibrators with me and yes. some of the girls. We won't mention who, but yeah, like over like I've been super comfortable with who I am as I've gotten into college and older and it made it really a lot easier when I was dating because it's like I was already exposed to all of these yeah. things. Yeah. And I had already been comfortable dating so I had boyfriends in high school and yada yada yada, so like by the time I was old enough to figure out like oh, I want to date maybe a little more seriously or maybe I'm interested in committing to someone. It wasn't as scary because I know I had kind of explored options Mm -hmm. and I knew what I liked and didn't like. And the thing is, you're not going to know what you like without experience.
1: Yeah. But even if you don't have experience, I mean, with a partner... I think even having social supportive friends to talk about that stuff with can help. Like I remember sitting at your bachelorette party, you guys were talking about the different sexual encounters you guys were having, you know, with partners or with spouses or whatever. Um, And I think sometimes you hear things and you're like, "Ooh, that sounds fun." I didn't think about that. (laughs) That's a good idea. Or
0: I mean, you could have friends like ours where we help each other take their strap pictures. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I don't take my own nudes, guys. Jocelyn does. (laughs) Jocelyn takes them for me, and
1: I, of course. And I sends them to be... Mike directly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: Johnson will occasionally send them out for
1: me with <laughs> captions. But I think there's something to be said at the root of that. I would hope that our relationship, I know for me at least, I came back from that trip, that last trip that we took to Florida. And I came back and I was like feeling more confident about myself and my body. Yeah. Even. Which, Absolutely. Which that's not validation I got from a man. And I feel like. That validation you can get from your friend group, from your f- social support, even if it's from listening to Disha's podcast, if you don't feel like you get that elsewhere. I mean, hearing that from an outside source that's not like not saying, Deisha, your boobs look good because I want to bang you. Like, I will tell you your boobs look good just because they look good. Yeah. And I think that I would hope that that can help you in turn be a better partner I don't know how to say that correctly but but you're
0: more confident in yourself right because I feel like if we it's if you keep looking for your partner to compliment you then you feel Mm -hmm. like you have to be a certain way for them instead of when your girlfriends tell you hey your ass looks great in that you're like yes it fucking does so then when (laughs) you walk into the club you know those guys are looking at your ass yeah and maybe you want to give them a little show
1: yeah. And you know what? I think it kind of comes back to that whole like being your own full bodied self. And I don't know what else, what other way to say that, but just being full bodied. Like I yeah, think like there's a whole independent person. Yes. In yeah. that, like if you can be happy on your own and really feel like, like I can sit here, you know, twenty and divorce, that's something that in, cult- in our culture is kind of shamed upon. And not just, and I'm not saying this, I'm I'm white. I mean, for all intents and purposes, although I have ethnicity behind me, I'm white passing. So even in typical American culture, divorce is still very much taboo. I don't know if you've ever swiped on Tinder lately, but how many times have you swiped on a dating app and seen never been married, no kids? And so all of a sudden, when I have to to then disclose to a new partner or to a new potential romantic partner to say, hey, actually, I have been married, You know, even that's a taboo. Yeah. But to be able to sit here and say, I'm confident in myself. I feel good about who I am. And you're welcome for getting to spend time with me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like You're welcome. welcome. I showed up today. Yeah. Here I am. You are so welcome.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Seriously though. But I feel like
1: that helps me at least have the right mindset when it comes to dating. I'm not sitting here feeling like I need fulfillment or validation from a man. I feel very complete and whole as I am and I feel like that can help me hopefully in the future have a more successful and happy relationship. Yeah. And you're showing
0: up on that date for yourself, not that other person. Like You're there because you want to be there, not because you need to be there not yes. because oh maybe he'll like me if I show up and I wear this and I do that it's like no I look like hot shit you're welcome and maybe yeah. you're hot shit let's find out yeah maybe we can be hot shit together
1: we were talking about our girlfriends yesterday and like our group of friends that we have and we can be a little uh predatory when we go out yeah, we're a little, <laughs> <a> little piranha <laughs> but I always say that what's fun about our friend group and I feel like about I would hope that most women feel this way about themselves. Like if you wanted it, you could have it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean like if I wanted to get married tomorrow, I feel pretty confident that I could be married like next year. Yeah. I don't, that might sound arrogant, but no, like, but I think like when you
0: have a supportive group of women around you and that's why I think having girlfriends is way more important than ever having a yes. boyfriend is that like we hype each other up constantly and like, Like we said, we're a little predatory. So like every time we go out together, I mean, somebody is getting someone's number. Yeah. And we and we don't do it because we particularly need the attention or want it. We just want to know that we can get it. It's almost about it's about that validation. It's not about what that guy thinks about me. I just need to know that you want it and I'll decide if I want to give that.
1: to you. Yeah. We never give it to them. And again, it's like, you're welcome. Like, I'll take your number. As a favor. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> pretty
0: much. I I want, like, more, like, brown girls to carry themselves with that confidence because, yeah. like, they really don't. And I'm, like, I don't know. I look at brown girls, like, and I'm, like, you're so pretty. Like, oh my you're God. so hot. And, I'm like, <laughs> you look at brown guys and I'm, like, wow, they're so lucky that some of them get arranged marriages to them because otherwise there'd be no hope. <laughs> I'm, like, there's not a chance in hell, sweetie. That girl is out of your league.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, brown,
0: like, we, like, pull out the stops, especially, like, We just went to an Indian wedding. yeah, And it's like, we work it. And then, like, the dudes get away with, like, the
1: bare minimum. And you're like, did you brush your teeth
0: this morning? Yeah. (laughs) And honestly, like, our culture kind of raises them to, like, well, you're just going to get an arranged marriage. You don't have to try. Yeah. And that's not bashing all brown guys. But, like, as someone who has dated both and definitely notices the difference, like, I feel like a lot of brown guys, like, are also, like, busy putting women down because they need to feel good about themselves. And yeah. their moms told them they're hot shit and that a girl would be lucky to marry them. Yeah. And so they got that validation from their mom. And then we got told that we're not going to get married because our rotli isn't round enough, our little fat flatbreads we make. Oh. Like, that's what our moms told us. You know, like, if yeah, you think don't about cook what that and does. clean, like, you're not worth anything to that guy who thinks he's hot shit his mom, his mom told him that his whole
1: life. Yeah. Yeah, that can be really detrimental for women, I'm sure. And I think you're setting women up to be unhappy long term because you're telling them you in and of yourself are not enough and you need a man to take care of you, to make you better or you need to be better for your man as opposed to I want you to be better, you know, as a parent saying, I want you to be better because I want you to be a, a whole person. You no, know, it has nothing to do with getting a husband, with getting a boyfriend, with getting a fiance, with getting asked out on a date. It has to do with you being happy and complete. So if the bread that you roll out isn't round enough, then well is it still yummy? Then who gives a shit?
0: Yeah, exactly. But that's not how we're raised. And then when you come back to the topic of divorce in our culture, it is always the girl's fault Yeah, because we weren't enough. It's never, oh, he messed up or he was an asshole or he was abusive or he cheated. Yeah. It's always, well, you have to compromise. Why aren't you more understanding? Why didn't you do this? What did you do wrong? Yeah. And it's like even like we were talking about if Michael and I, God forbid, ever got divorced, my whole family would take his side. Yeah. And there would be sides to take.
1: Yeah. And as somebody who's been through a divorce but it's really hard and i would say not even in brown culture but in uh, in most cultures divorce is hard no matter what but like to a lot of more traditional families if you if your husband's not literally beating the shit out of you or like sleeping with 10 different women there is no justification for getting a divorce pretty much because happiness does not matter
0: yeah And I think that's as a generation, like millennials, like we're the opposite. We prioritize happiness over everything, over our jobs, over our salaries, over our partners. We want happiness more than anything.
1: Yeah. And it doesn't matter. And that's why I keep on going back to this full bodied self thing. I I think that's been a big, almost like life mantra for me lately is I just want to be the best version of myself And be happy on my own. Because you know what? No relationship is guaranteed. No anything is guaranteed. And so I want to be happy in and of myself. And then hopefully find a partner that can complement, not complete, complement my happiness. Add to it. Complement my relationship. Add to it. Or just be happy to be along for the ride. Yeah. You know? And I think that that is just something that not a lot of people talk about when it comes to dating. I mean, or maybe you hear that like typical idea like, Oh, like when a woman's happy, that's when a man comes along. But again, not because you want the man to be along, but when a woman is happy, period, just make the woman happy. Like you as a woman need to be happy. You as a girl need to be happy.
0: Yeah. And maybe you don't want to get married. Yeah. Maybe you just want to be in a relationship with someone who makes you happy or stay single forever or Commit without the titles. Yeah. If, if that's what you want, because you've worked super hard and you've built your life and your career, and marriage can get very complicated. Yeah. And if there's not going to be prenups involved, it can get even more complicated. Yeah. Like women nowadays have worked so hard to establish ourselves and be independent. Yes. That marriage can also be considered a huge
1: risk. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and I think the other thing that goes along with marriage that people don't talk about a lot is what happens after marriage. The idea is that once you get married, you'll start having kids. And I think for a lot of women, not a lot, but I think for some women, that idea of women as childbearers or women as mothers, we need to amend our societies and our cultures' outlook on that. Um, what I've learned about myself is that I'm not, emotionally committed to the idea of having to have kids in the traditional sense. I learned that I want to be in a maternal role, but that could be as the badass aunt to my favorite niece, my only niece, but my favorite niece. (laughs) Um, That could be finding a partner who has kids already and being a badass stepmom. That could be fostering kids. That could be adopting. That could be Deisha and Mike have a kid and I'm going to go steal your kid for a weekend every month and, you know, that's what I do. But so in some way, I know I want to have a maternal role, but I'm not married to the idea of having kids in that traditional sense. Yeah.
0: And you're comfortable with that. Yeah. And I always say, I'm like, why is it that every time I see a couple on Instagram get married, three seconds later, they're pregnant with a kid. Yeah. And I'm like, so that's why you got married? Yeah. I didn't know we needed that.
1: Yeah. And I think that's, again, just going back to, We, as any partner, not just women, women and men need to go into relationships knowing what they want and setting that expectation. And being okay with it. Yeah. And there's no shame. So if I met a guy who said to me, Jocelyn, no matter what, I need at least three kids born naturally from you and I, no hold bar, that's it that probably isn't the partner for me then. Because what I'm hearing is you want me to have three kids, which number one, I'm professionally driven. So that's a red flag. Um, Number two, you're not, I'm not hearing that flexibility from you and that, hey, we're open to different types of lifestyles. Um, So there's things in that that I would say right off the bat, you could check all the other boxes, quote unquote, check the boxes. But that in and of itself would be enough that I'd be like, I'm okay actually. I'm good. Yeah, I don't need to go out on another But you have the self-worth date. to walk away. Yeah.
0: When it doesn't work for you and I think a lot of women, not a lot, but definitely some women really struggle with that self-worth because they feel like if a guy is dating, it's like, "Oh, what if I can't find somebody else?" There is yeah. that fear that yeah. some people feel like they can't let go of something if what if there's not somebody Yeah.
1: Else? So what? I actually, this is something that I kind of dealt with in my divorce as I was going through this process in looking and saying, okay, what do I actually want out of life? And I think this can help a lot of women is, what do you actually want out of life? Like, okay, so if I hear somebody wants a family, but what is it that you actually want? Do you want to not feel lonely? Do you want a maternal role? Do you want to be surrounded by people and have somebody to come home to at the end of the night? And what I did, it sounds weird. It was almost like a homework assignment that I did for myself. I literally listed out everything that I wanted out of life. And again, talking about that maternal role, what happens if I actually want kids? Because as I said, I'm pretty flexible in how I could look at that maternal role. But in five years, I might say, you know what? No. No. I want to actually have kids. So how can I, as my full-bodied self, see all these things that I want out of life and find a way to make them happen myself? So if I want to be a mom in the traditional sense, again, maybe not having a partner, I can go to a sperm bank. Yeah, It's untraditional, but I can be a mom on my own. I can raise a family on my own. So feeling that I don't need another person to make all these things happen that I want out of life is really validating and helps me come into every potential romantic situation, I feel like at least, with a clear head in that I don't need you to make life happen. Yeah, you can make my life better for sure. But I know that in and of myself, I can get everything I want out of life.
0: Absolutely. And We need like more girls and women to just see that, that they can make it happen on their own. But also it's okay if you don't want to make it happen. But just be careful of where you're willing to compromise to get those things. Because, I mean, you all know, like all I want are kids. Like if I could have five kids now, I would. But (laughs) I also have professional ambitions and things that I want to do before I have kids because I want to give my kids the best life possible. And they don't all have to naturally be born mine like these are conversations yeah. we've had we're like you know what maybe i'll have two or three of our kids and then maybe we'll adopt two kids yeah. and these are all conversations we've had and we're open to all the different options but we're comfortable with that some people are not comfortable with adopting yeah. some people yeah. only want them to be their own kids or some people don't want to be step parents and things like that whereas if you talk about it and you know what you want and you're comfortable with that. Right. Cause like if yeah. you date someone and like you said, like if you don't maybe want your own kids, but the guy says, I want three of my own biological children that you birth and that's not something you want, but Oh, he likes me and he's dating me. So maybe I should compromise. Like that's not going to work yeah. out well.
1: Yeah. Or you have to decide that, you know what, being with this partner is worth compromising on these other things. Um, and I don't want it to sound like we're knocking on traditional relationships. Like there are some people who want a husband and wife and two and a half kids in a wife, white picket fence. And that's perfectly fine. And but, lots
0: of people have that. But, but if, if so many people yeah. we see
1: online, like that's the life they're living. And I'm like, good for you. And if that's what you want to just know... That, that might mean compromising in other areas. For me, I don't want to compromise my professional career. I don't want to compromise that there's probably a good chance I'm probably going to be the breadwinner in what are, whatever relationship I end up in. And so that means I want a partner who probably can compromise, hey, if we need to make it work that you stay at home or you're the one who does drop off and pick up for daycare, like I want a partner who's going to be flexible in that because I'm not flexible in my professional career. Um, exactly which can be a challenge for sure and a lot of women
0: I think nowadays are less flexible especially when it comes to their career and mm-hmm. like you know we always talk about like the pay gap between genders yeah. and stuff and one of the huge components of that is women leave the workforce when they have kids mm-hmm. and you know I talk to Mike's mom all the time because she had her own business and she had employees and she's like as soon as they get pregnant they always say they're going to come back they don't come back. Yeah, she's like, women have kids, and as soon as they have kids, they always say they're going to come back after maternity leave. And she's like, a lot of the women that work for me didn't. And she's like, that's okay. But like, as much as we want to say women can have it all, a lot of them will choose to leave.
1: Yeah. And if that makes you happy, then that's obviously – I keep going back to happiness too. If that's what, make the, what makes the woman happy, then that's absolutely 100% okay. But what if you're also doing that because – your partner is not willing to. Exactly. And that's not really fair.
0: And that's exactly like when it comes to me, it's like, I want to be a mom more than anything else. But I also want my career. But my idea of my career isn't so much as an OT where I wouldn't have the flexibility. It's more having my own business and building my own brand. And that way I can work from home, build my business at home and hang out with my kids. But I've even told Michael, I'm like, we're not having kids until we can afford to have a nanny on call and a night <laughs> nurse because your girl's not losing sleep over this. Yeah, Like I fully intend to take care of myself and my mental health and all of those. And maybe I sound, you know, what do you call it? Like I'm painting this perfect yeah. picture I want. Yeah. For myself. Like idealistic. Naive, yeah. Be, yeah, idealistic because I don't have kids right now and maybe I don't know how hard it is, but I work in pediatrics. I hang out with kids all day so I can genuinely say. I love babies. I adore kids. And I, yeah. I, that's the best part about my job as an OT. And that's kind of where I keep that OT career going. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but at the end of the day, I can't wait to have my own. And I'm like, the second I have my own, I'm like, listen, they're great, but I got my own now. And like, yeah.
1: we can let that go now. Yeah. And yeah, I absolutely agree. But again, I think what it comes down to is that you and Mike have had a conversation that says we're happy in whatever, in, In all these different flexible ways to make it happen. Yeah. If that makes sense. Exactly.
0: And like even Mike has expressed like about the ways he wants to be a dad. Yeah. You know, and he's like, he can't wait to be a dad, you know, and like, You know, Mike being Mike, he's like, my kid's going to be doing jujitsu out of the womb. Like, if I I have a girl, if she can't choke a guy out at five, we're going to have a problem.
1: Yeah. You know, so like, he's going to be like
0: that dad. But he's like, I can't wait to run marathons with them. Like, we got like, he's found like the strollers that you could like strap on your waist. waist He got the little like koala pack thing. He saw it online. He goes, I need one of those when we have kids. Anyway, so he's like, already building his little life Mm -hmm. of a dad around that. Yeah. You know, so like he fully intends to be like a participating part of Not this. Not just on
1: the sidelines. Yeah. Exactly.
0: And like, so that works for us. These are conversations we have yeah. had. And like, yes, I'm in that sense, I'm a little old fashioned, but yeah. you got to be able to have those conversations. And I don't That's feel like so I'm making key. any sacrifices in yeah. it. Yeah. You know, because yeah. this is what I want too.
1: Yeah. That is one thing I have been told as a partner that I am that I have a lot of those weird conversations. Um, I have no qualms saying, hey, what happens if I end up in a wheelchair tomorrow? What are we going to do? Hey, what happens if blah, 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 Mm blah? And it sounds like you and Mike have had a lot of those conversations. But again, I think going back to what we're talking about and to who these listeners are, it sounds like a lot of these women and men are not having these conversations because it's ingrained in your culture to to just be happy with good enough. Yes.
0: Like women are expected to be flexible and understanding and, you know, boys will be boys and you have to, you know, you have to make him happy. Your yeah. goal is to make him happy. And even now, like being married to Michael, my family still puts it on me where they'll like, I like, will be out somewhere with my family. And if we don't look like we're having the grandest old time together, I will get pulled aside by my mom or one of my aunties be like, what did you do? Why is he upset? Yeah. Meanwhile, like Michael is fucking fine. Like we yeah. we're not even arguing. Like we're fine. But then that also goes back to the idea of a relationship, because our parents like all had arranged marriages, so yeah. their idea of marriage and love are very skewed because it's either you had an arranged marriage, so you're like them where you're not really PDA affectionate, and then their idea of a love marriage is Bollywood, where this like obsessive, lustful, romantic, romantic, attached at the hip, girl is head over heels. Over the the top. Over the top idea of love. And so when they see me and Michael, they're like, well, you had a love marriage. So their idea is Bollywood movies. Whereas Michael and I are whole independent people on our own. And even when like this, the trips we take together where I'll go on vacation for a week with my girlfriends or out with my cousins. And they're like, oh, why didn't you bring Michael? Why is it? Did Michael say it's okay for you to do that? are you guys fighting? How come he isn't there with you? And I'm like, I'm on a girl's trip. Like, why would I bring Michael? Yeah. And like, they're like, well, what's wrong? What's, what's the problem? Like, we don't need to be attached at the hip. Yeah. That's, that's what it means. Yeah. And so like, even explaining that to our parents is really hard because they have no concept of what like, you know, a healthy relationship looks like because attached at the hip isn't healthy either. Like, Bollywood paints this like, really twisted idea of what romance is supposed to be. And it's, problematic at best. Yeah. And then you get, like, people who grow up watching these movies and think, like, this is what love is.
1: Yeah. Like, singing in the
0: field of flowers, obsessed with each other all the time. Dancing, yeah. Dancing, song and dance 24 hours a day. Like,
1: no. That's not what it actually looks like in real life.
0: Yeah. And a healthy relationship, at least for me, is having my own time and space. And, like, we just went to brunch with my girlfriends and I was, Mike was like, I invited him because, you know, he's around and we all love him. But he's like, no, nah, I don't really want to come. And it's like, we're not fighting. We're not arguing. He's not mad at me. Yeah. He's just like, no, nah, I'm going to work on the car.
1: And happy to let you go and be your own person and have your own relationships and function outside of him. too. Yeah.
0: Like there's no jealousy either where it's like, oh, why do you spend all this time with your friends? Yeah. Why don't you spend time with me? And it's like we do both of those things. Yeah. Because I think sometimes that's the other thing, right? Like we aren't taught that we can have our own independent lives yeah. and still be in a relationship.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and and to know that they're not mutually exclusive. You can be just as full-bodied and independent and have your own relationships and have this whole life and still also be a competent good partner.
0: Yeah. And a lot of that comes down to like the examples that are set. We were just talking about at brunch like the way all of our parents' relationships totally fucked up. The way we yes. – how, like, we all are messed up because we – all of our parents have these, like, weird dynamics in their relationships yeah. and how they're still impacting us now. Yes.
1: I go to therapy. – I'll openly admit I go to therapy. My therapist firmly believes that part of the reason I got divorced is because of the relationship I saw in my parents in that I have this, like, weird deep-seated fear of being miserable. And so – when i was miserable we decided to jump ship um but i th- i mean i think that's also really important to understand how the relationships that you see affect what you model and what you do
0: yeah and it's tough when we're not raised in a culture where we see
1: typically healthy relationship with two whole people yeah on and, their own and even to see different relationship examples um yeah. you know even if it's in your culture or in um, your social circle to see different types of relationships and how they function to, again, know what you want to come into a relationship wanting. I have an aunt and uncle that um are married and their relationship is one that I really want to have eventually. The way that they both function very independently, they definitely bicker and argue, but they come back together and they can be like, my wife is X, Y, and Z. My husband is X, Y, and Z, and they also might want to murder each other. But to appreciate and understand that both are full and big personality and who they are as they are, and that's the relationship that I strive to have—not one where the woman is submissive and the man is domineering. Yeah. you know, and, and also accepting the person
0: for who they are. Right? Yes. Like, you don't. Ha- I personally don't think that you can change people fundamentally. No, you cannot. Of who they are. I don't believe that you can change people. And then you have to come to terms with and accepting that person for who they are. That sometimes they're not always like the most fun and cheerful and kind as much as like you and I like I like to think we're like pretty bubbly and outgoing and, you know, chirpy. But then when I get angry, I can be pretty mean.
1: We can be assholes. We can be
0: literal <laughs> shitheads. Yes. And the thing is, even in our friendships, you see that we accept each other for who they are. Yes. I mean, you have watched me and my best friend, Claire. Yes. Bicker and argue. I mean, I don't. Ar- I don't even argue with Michael the way I argue with Claire. Yeah, we scream at each other to a point where you were one time crying in the other room because you were so stressed out about me and Claire screaming our heads I off. I remember
1: each- that. Yeah, and then
0: we're like, "Where's?" We're like in mid argument. We're like, "Where's Jocelyn?" And we find you crying, and we felt like parents who found their kid in the corner, and suddenly this. This argument dissolves to like, I forgot about that. To making Jocelyn feel better. <laughs> but, like, you know, we've had our differences over the years, but it's not yeah. one, we don't hold life ho- long grudges because yeah. that's like a brown girl thing. Like, Indian culture, it's like you hold like generational <laughs> grudges. Whereas, like, we've, we know yeah. how to argue, we know how each of us argues, and we allow those arguments and disagreements to happen. Yeah. And then we work past it. You and I have argued like we've full on cried arguing and we've worked past it and we (laughs) we don't ever bring those things up again because we just let it go and it it is what it is. But I think even in relationships with our friends, that's something that like sometimes, especially women, have a hard time with. Yeah, That like cattiness or jealousy and things can get like in there, whereas I think we've all accepted each other for our flaws and the things we've been through and who we are. Yeah.
1: And to be able to at least one of my favorite things about our friendship, not just our friendship, but our friendship in these groups that we function in is that we have friends that we might not see for a year, a year and a half, two years. And then you see them and you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. And it's like you pick up like it was yesterday. Um, but there's no, well, you haven't called me in the past six months. Yeah. But did you text me on my birthday?
0: Right. You know, no, we keeping tabs. Yes. We're not some- keeping
1: score. And to just let you exist in your life, me exist in my life. And when we come together, it's like, I will be up your butt for a week when we're on vacation. But, and then, you know what? We might go a month without talking. I don't think we go a month, but, you know, we right. might go we- an extended period without talking. And there's something to be said for that functioning, healthy yeah. relationship. And I think
0: also accepting that as we get older we all have different things going on in our lives we're not all in school together all day every day going yeah. to greek org meetings and going to frat parties and like being up each other's asses all day long now it's like first of all we are all different ages i feel like we have yeah. like a three or four year age range between us some of us have kids You were married. I'm married now. And now you're Mm -hmm. like getting back in the dating game. Some of us are single. Like Mm -hmm. some of us are living with our parents. Some live on our own. We're
1: geographically separated.
0: Yep. We have different career points that we're all in. Some Mm -hmm. people might be going back to school. All of these things. Some Mm -hmm. of us are getting married. Some are already married. Like all of these things. And we just let people be where they are in that point in life and can still come together and like, hey, how's it going?
1: Yeah. Yeah. But it seems like, and I don't even know that this was the intention of this conversation we're having. It feels like a lot of this root conversation that we're having, though, is that letting women be full-bodied on their own. Yeah. Um, you know, when we're talking about our friendships, let our friends be full-bodied and function a full life without feeling like, Deisha, you didn't text me what you had for breakfast this morning. What?
0: Yeah. Disha. Jocelyn, you didn't tell me immediately when you decided to get divorced.
1: <laughs> I know. I called her up and I said, Deisha, I'm not ready to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it, but I'm getting divorced. That's it. I just don't want to not tell you.
0: <laughs> right. And I was like, that's cool. My apartment's empty. If you need somewhere to be, I'll give you the key. Yeah. And that was it. it yes, yeah, that like was, there was
1: literally it was literally like a two or three minute conversation. Yeah. And I like hung up the phone. and I was like, OK, that's and there's
0: it. no judgment. Right. Like, yeah. no one was like, oh, my God, what happened? Like, how come? Like, yeah, no, like there was no like putting whatever feelings you might have. Yeah. On that person and making them feel bad. It was just like, OK, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll get- support
1: you. We'll love you. Yeah.
0: Exactly. And our whole group kind of like that's what we do for each other. And I hope every girl has that group where no matter what happens. Yeah. Because life is messy. Mm -hmm. Things get complicated. Shit will hit the fan. And. That's what your girlfriends are for, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where you can take the pressure off your partner because your partner can't be everything.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's so much
0: pressure to your partner has to be your confidant, your lover, the person you bicker to, the person you bitch to. Like, that's a yeah. lot for one person. But when you have this whole group of friends, it's like, everyone can fill a different need at yeah. different
1: times. Yeah, absolutely. And I think. Yeah, I, I just think that it's so important that women have that support and not just women, men too, that you have support outside of your partner, outside of a possible romantic dating life, because you never like those romantic relationships are never guaranteed. Not that friendships are guaranteed either, but to assume that that relationship and a, a a romantic relationship is going to be your everything is not healthy, I don't think, at least. Yeah,
0: I think at this point, most people should have established that, like, that's not healthy, because, like, I think there is something to be said about those friends where, like, you know they're dating someone and you're just not going to see or hear from them for a while. Yeah,
1: we all have that friend.
0: And it's like, okay. But Mm -hmm. But then when shit hits the fan and you're those friends who are always there to help pick up the pieces, it's like, I don't even really know what happened because I haven't seen you or heard from you for a year just because you were in a relationship. Not just because of life. Like, obviously, people are busy, but it's just like.
1: You ostracize everything for that. Yes.
0: And then you become, like, single-minded on that one person. Then how much of yourself did you lose in that relationship? Yes. Right? Like, you get married and suddenly you're a wife and that's it? Like, no. Yeah,
1: that and that's not healthy at all.
0: Exactly. And for so many of us, like, at least in the Indian culture, like, that's what it is. When you get married, you are now a wife. And you yeah. are that is your role. That is who you are. And the way you get treated, the way you get spoken to, all of that changes based on the fact that you are now a yes. wife. And it's super uncomfortable. And it's super yeah. weird. Because all the aunties think you can hang with them now. And I'm like, I do not want to hang
1: out here. Yeah. Like,
0: this is weird. Like, I just want to.
1: I, I don't know. as if you as a person have changed just because you've legally married somebody. Right, well,
0: you're a woman now.
1: Yeah, because because apparently you weren't a woman before. Yeah. You did not exist before. Yeah, but you, now you are a woman. You were a child before. Yeah, and I I just feel like that can be really toxic. I mean, so I toxic. just <laughs> I like that so toxic. Um, you know, I just say I just think women need to be established as their own independent people, whole people. And that has been for me in this divorce, and this post-divorce dating phase, that has been a big thing for me is just I am a whole person and I don't need somebody else to complete me. And it doesn't change who I am when I'm seeing somebody, when I'm not seeing somebody. And guess what? I also will say, though, I feel a lot more private about my dating life now. Um, If and when I enter a serious relationship, I will not be posting about it on social media the way that I used to. I will not be advertising the fact that I have a partner. Guess what? There are certain members of my family who probably aren't going to meet a partner until I'm literally like walking down the aisle because I don't trust you anymore. You're brown now. (laughs) I'm brown. (laughs) brown We actually talked about that. I was like, I need to learn from Deisha some of these brown dating norms because now I need to hide my relationships.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because like. You know, even when I was in high school, right? Like, it was like, oh, can't wait to put it on Facebook. I'm in a relationship. Can't change my profile picture. Can't wait to, you know, bring this person to prom or whatever. And then once you're out of that first relationship, you just don't give a shit. Yeah. And then suddenly it's like, oh, I don't really post anything anywhere. I guess now it's on Instagram. But even now, like, people who see me, like, in real life, when they see, like, Oh, actually, like, how are things with your husband? Like, I don't really know anything about him. Like, yeah, I keep my personal life pretty much off the internet. And, like, it's funny with me. People get it skewed because I post so much on social media because of, like, the podcast. But my own personal life with my friends and my family and my husband is very much not out there. Yeah. Other than what I choose to share here, which, again, is, like, a
1: 15-minute cherry pick bits of information. Yeah.
0: It's not out as there as opposed to because the real world. Now you don't need the external validation.
1: Yes, yeah, and there's something to be said for that. I know a lot of people when they look at my social media accounts, the thing that people always say when they meet me is, or like I've seen somebody after a couple of years, literally last night at the wedding, somebody goes, "Oh, I see you run a lot," and it's like, "Yeah," because that's what I want people to know about me. I don't want you to know that I went out on six dates last week. Not that I did, but I I don't but you want should. you to. <laughs> yeah, I should. I could. <laughs> Just That's what we to. need to know. Yeah. I, oh, I could. <laughs> um, but you know, it's it's how you present yourself and what you're willing to show. I guess.
0: Exactly. Do you want
1: to leave the audience with one last bit of wisdom, if you could? Yes. My bit of wisdom for, especially for the younger women or the women who might be struggling with dating is, I want to encourage you to be more open. With yourself and with the world about who you are and what you want, and I'm talking sexually, romantically, professionally, socially, in all aspects of your life to be more open with what you want and be more willing to have those conversations. Because I think, as much as we as women, yes, want to be grateful when we're in a relationship, also to recognize that you have wants and needs, and you need to establish what those wants and needs are before you can expect somebody to meet them.
0: Beautiful. Love it. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a bunch for joining.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yep. Thanks so much for tuning
0: in, guys. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you leave us a review on iTunes. You can find me on Instagram at Disha.Mazepa. You can subscribe to my newsletter, Happy at Patreon.com forward slash BWWPS. You can shop my Etsy shop, Disha Mazepa Designs. And if you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, you can email podcast at gmail.com. And I will see you guys next time. Bye. This podcast is hosted and produced by Disha mystery Mazepa. Music for the show was created by Crexwell.